nice. And um, anyone who wants to move up, but it looks good. All right. Um, take it away, Jesse. Woo! Is he ready? Yeah, we're uh, run the intro? Okay. Twenty or so seconds of the intro. Would James say something? Wait, would it? Sorry? He's yeah. saying that we're live. Like we're streaming but we haven't played the intro music yet. Oh. Okay. Not even eleven o'clock yet. Oh okay. People can see you. <laughs> they can hear you as well. Oh they can? Yeah. Oh hey y'all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Welcome to church. I'm Jesse Peterson. Thank you so much for being with me. Merry Christmas. Um, if you have questions and comments, go to the YouTube chat line. And Hake will get the questions and comments to me and I'll respond. Good morning, y'all. How's everybody? Merry Christmas. Nice. So, uh, any first timers? Nice. Okay. Tell us your name and how to hear about us. Can I use an alias? Yeah, I'm okay. right. uh, I'm Mason. And um, I heard about you through YouTube, through the internet. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I, Welcome. And I met you at Halfpack, so there's that too. Nice. Any questions or comments, or how's life for you? Well, I mean, I'm just here out of curiosity. I mean, he's been here for several Sundays in a row now, and uh, you know, I'm just curious. So All right. we'll, we'll see how it goes. Nice. Welcome. Yeah. Right here. What's your name? How'd you hear about us? Hi, my name's Kai. Yeah. Um, I heard about you guys from uh, my boy right here. He's from Arizona. and um, His name, my boy? <laughs> <laughs> Any questions or comments? Uh, no, not at the moment. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. Happy to be here. Good to have you. Yes, sir. Your name and how'd you hear about us? Uh, my name's Quentin. And you two, Fallen State. Oh, okay. Yeah. Any questions or anything? I mean, I'm sh- yeah, I, I do. I'm sure, but I'll just let it kind of roll. Did you go and forgive your mother? I did. How'd that go? Well, she laughed. She laughed. She kind of she knows she knows who you are, so she she kno- oh she knows kind of what to expect, I guess. So it was kind of like I was like, 
I forgive you for giving me hell. And she just started laughing. Did you, you still live there with them? No. Oh, good. No. Oh, okay. You forgave your father as well? I did. Nice. Yeah. Good, man. Yeah. Okay. So I want to deal with the um, biblical question to start out uh, and the biblical question for this week. Which is better, a life of certainty or uncertainty? A life of certainty or uncertainty? Um, which, which is better, a life of certainty or uncertainty for you? Uh, certainty. And why certainty? Um, I think it's because um, certainty is, uh, allows you to kind of let go in or at least it lets, allows me to let go in times of, um, I don't know, in times where maybe I otherwise would have fought or tried to change things. Certainty allows me to sit still. And, and so, so certainty allow you to sit still? Maybe in like what otherwise would have been times of crisis, certainty allows me to be more calm and still and understand that I have no real like, there's no real need to react to things. So uh, I would say certainty. And are you living a life of certainty right now? Mm. I'd, I'd say I am. That's, that's the goal. And so certainty, certainty is better, and you live in a life of certainty because it allows you to sit still? I find one of the benefits of living a life of certainty is that, yes, in times of conflict, I can be more still. Something I had trouble doing before when uh, there were a million questions about all these things and everything needed to be peeled okay. back and examined all the time. It's like okay. easier to live a life of certainty, in my opinion. Amazing. How about you? Which is better, a life of certainty or uncertainty? For me, I would say certainty. And why certainty? For you? Because my whole life I felt uncertain uh, about everything. And then when I found the father, uh, I found that with that came certainty to know that like he's always there for me and I can count on him to oh. trust that no matter what happens in life, I'll, I'll be okay. And so are you living a life of certainty now? Yes. Uh, no, I, I don't have, I think for me, like I always wanted to know, you know, what's the purpose of life and like, why are we here? And, um, you know, is God real? And then when I, you know, discovered that he was and it's like that searching went away. And so then I had peace. Oh, okay. The young man in the back want to respond. So which is better for you, a life of certainty or uncertainty? Uh, I believe certainty. You believe certainty. And, and why is that for you? Uh, for me, when, when Jesus says to die to yourself, pick up your cross and follow me, it's very cut and dry. It's very black and white. It's, it's, it's following. You know, I, I don't see how uh, it could be unpredictable uh, trusting God. And uh, for me, it seems like my life is getting more and more certain as I'm you know, not listening to evil thoughts and allowing the world to corrupt me anymore. Um, it, it seems like it's, it's very simple. And so, when Jesus said, pick up the cross and, walk, and follow me, you say? Mm -hmm. Well, pick up your cross and follow right. me. And what does that mean to you? To me, um, in the way that Jesus had to basically carry his cross all the way to the crucifixion, it's almost as if for us to say, hey, there is no excuse for you to follow me as well. Like, pick up your cross, where it's not like, hey, you're also going to be crucified on, you know, on a mountain. It's, it's not like that. It's almost as if saying, hey, the hell that you're going to go through, I did for you. You know, so, it's so like, you went through your hell already? 
I believe so. And you don't have any more hell to go through? I don't think so. Really? That's amazing. Okay, I'm not saying you don't. Or do, I'm just saying. Right. It, yeah. it, I, I can't help but think of, uh, you know, if God is with us, you know, who, who is against us, right? right? You know, it's like, well, well how, how bad can it be, frankly? Okay. But. All right. The young man next to you want to respond. The biblical question, which is better for you, a life of certainty or uncertainty? And the reason for this is because I want you to know that you know that you know, not because I said it or anyone else. Go ahead. Certainty. And, and why certainty? Well, if you live a life as un, of uncertainty, then you don't know what to expect, right? So you can't prepare in advance. And right. I don't think anyone likes um, the unknown. People are scared of the unknown, the darkness. So with a life of certainty, you know what to expect. You can prepare. So it's more comforting. It's easier. It's um, maybe not easier is the right word, but it's more peaceful. You're at peace when you know what to expect. You can brace for impact if you know what's coming your way. Oh, okay. So, and so are you living a life of certainty or uncertainty? Yes, I am. You're living a life of certainty? Certainly more than uncertainty. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so certainly more than uncertainty means you're living a life of both. No, no, it's mostly certain. I mean, my life is pretty stable right now. And so when you say mostly, you're not living a complete life of certainty? Sometimes it's uncertain? Sure, yeah. I mean, uh, I plan on quitting my job next year and doing something else. So, I mean, there's some uncertainty there okay. as far as my career. All right. Amazing. Okay. Uh, Nick, want to respond? You heard of the anchor baby? Hey. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> All uh, facts. Um, certainty or uncertainty? Please? Yeah, life of certainty. A life of certainty. I say that because... I mean, first I thought about God. It's like you thought about. Who? I thought about God, and I'm thinking, oh. isn't he like like a clear guy and like <laughs> like truthful? And if he wants us to be like him, then he'd want us to be certain. And I don't mean that's like certain about everything. I don't mean that's like a certain. I know everything. I know what's coming. I know what to prepare for. I don't feel like that. It's just that I guess I'm just certain he's real and with me because <laughs> I'm like seeing and I'm living. And, and so it seems like even the things that come my way that are surprises, I'm surprised at how I'm able to handle or deal with life. Right. So that's what I'm certain about. And another thing about certainty is there's some weird thing where when I, I, like, I can see people coming and I know, what, I know what they're about or what they're trying to get from me or something like that, if I'm making sense. And, and it, there seems to be a certainty about that where it's like, I can't be, what's it called? I guess um, fooled or deceived by an enemy. Uh, kind of using weird language, but that's my answer. So a life of certainty. Correct, yeah, a life and, of certainty. And are you living a life of certainty right now? I spent all week thinking about which one's better that I didn't think about if I'm living it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'd say... Uh, How can you think about which one's better if not thinking about <laughs> if you're living that way or not? Uh, good question. But... I'd say, uh, I'd say I think I am. I think I'm living a life of, of certain uncertainty. Oh, okay. This young <laughs> man yeah, want to respond. I can see it in his eyes. <laughs> a life of certainty. Which is better, a life of certainty or uncertainty? To me, I'd say certainty. And why certainty? Okay. Well, to preface this, I'm, I'm a new believer, and I'm at the beginning of my journey. But ever since I've found God, I just had a peace of mind that I haven't had before. And that 
I guess certainty is a good way to to call it. Okay. And so are you living a life of certainty now? No, I am, yeah. And when you say you're new, what did you say, you're a new believer? Yeah. What's a new yeah. believer? Uh, for me, I just started going to church um, September 29th. Of, of, of this uh, year? This year, yeah. And that made you a believer? Yeah. And what do you believe? I believe that uh, Jesus died for our sins, and, and I'm just grateful for him every day. And... Um, yeah, it's a peace of mind that I had that I've I'd never had before. Okay. Amazing. All right. Next to you, right next. A life of certainty. Which is better, a life of certainty or uh, uncertainty? I say certainty. And why certainty? I'd just rather know it's going to be good. <laughs> and what does that mean? Like, there's no issue. I'd rather know that everything be taken care of and not have to worry about anything else or be uncertain about anything. Oh, okay. And so are you living a life of certainty? I'm attempting, yeah. I'm, yeah. Uh, are you? Yeah. You're attempting? Yeah, attempting, yeah. To live a life of certainty? Yeah, some doubt creeps in, but I'm working on it, of not wor- focusing or believing it, so. Oh, okay. And so you're living a life of certainty, you're attempting to. Yes. But it doesn't always work that way? I mean, I guess it does, because I don't really believe the doubt anymore. But it'll be times where, you know, you, you want to lean into it thinking it's real still, you know, because that's what you're conditioned. That's what I've been conditioned to believe for a long time now. Right. So, but I think I'm convinced that I'm living a life of certainty, I guess. Oh, okay. Yeah. The young lady behind you want to respond. Yes, ma'am. A life of certainty or uncertainty? Ooh, Which is better for you? What's better for me? I would say uncertainty. Uncertainty? Yeah. And why is that? Um, because the times where I have been certain in my mind, um, God has surprised me in other ways, and um, his plan has been Speak bigger. from the chest. His, his plan has been bigger and better than what I was so sure about. And so, are you living a life of uncertainty or certainty? I'm definitely living a life of uncertainty. Okay. And you like that? Not that you like it, but you prefer it that way? Um, I mean, that's better? Better in the sense that... Um, better in the sense that I feel... I feel like I am open. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yes, sir. Which is, which is better for you, a life of certainty or uncertainty? 100% certainty, because uh, uncertainty is 100% painful. It's painful in what way? Financially, emotionally, psychologically, intellectually, every single way. Oh, okay. And so a life of certainty is better for you? Yeah. I mean, like, uh, I mean, so- like I'm, right now I'm experiencing uncertainty with my health, uncertainty with my job, uncertainty with my son. So, like, it's pure, utter hell. In what way is it hell? Because it's uncertain. <laughs> and so what is uncertain about those things 
because I have to deal with this crap. You know what I mean? I, I mean, like, uh, like, 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 right now I hit, I'm basically hitting rock bottom in all three areas, and I'm going, oh my gosh, Christmas time, and I'm hitting rock bottom. Lovely, lovely. You know, this, so this happened like you, what two and a half mean? years ago, and now I'm going through the gutter again. What does that mean, hitting rock bottom at Christmas? What, what, what does oh, that mean? Hitting rock bottom at Christmas. I mean, like, uh, I mean, okay, I, there's a little bit of benefit. I have some good news. Like, after 47 days, my son texts me going, hello, father. And I, t- I talked to a, co- a co-worker. He's a muscular Christian. And, uh, well, let me explain that. Uh, he, he can squat 405 pounds. That's why I call him a muscular Christian. But anyway, so he's like, I talked to him about it, and he goes, hey, how's your son? And he goes, well, he texted me, you know, he says, hello, father, on the December 14th. And he goes, that's good. And he goes, no, it's not. I goes, what do you mean it's not? I goes, he didn't say hello, dad. He said, hello, father. That's kind of cold. And then he's like, what cold about that? Because every dad doesn't want to be called hello, father. It's hello, dad. Why, right? It's like, it's like. And you know, why is that? Why you rather be called hello, dad than hello, father? Oh. Because anybody can be a father, but only That's a few people true. can be a dad. Anybody can't be a father. That's why they're a dad is extra. A father is just a sperm donor. But anybody can't be a father. Well, uh, what do you mean? Anybody can't be a father. But why have you chosen fa- dad over father? Because dad is more personal. Oh, it just feels better. It feels a lot better. And why do you look for feeling in that? Why do I look for feeling as a dad? Because, I don't know, it's, I guess it validates me as a parent. And what does what a dad feel like? Can you describe the feeling? Oh, my goodness. What is dad? Uh, positive, optimistic, good versus... And what does father feel like to you? What does father feel like? Wow, you ask crazy questions. Uh, <laughs> what does father feel like? Um, it feels like I've done something right. Right? I mean, if you... No, being a dad feels like I've done something right. Being a father means I've done something wrong. Like what, for example? Uh, the way I raised him, uh, the way I've taught him, yeah. so, ethics, values, so, morals, the way I've brought him up. So Interesting. Uh, so you, so I screwed up. If you're a father, you screwed up. Yeah, if you're a father, you screwed up. If you're a so, dad, you didn't. So do you call God your father or your dad? Oh, no, God's our father. So he screwed up? No, no, he's the one that's, you know, I, I, I can't judge him. You and know, so, I, I don't, I can't write. I mean, it, it's something you aspire to as a Christian to be but if God, better. If, if father me, you screwed up, why would you want God to be your father? No, it's, it, it's at, on a human level, not on a you know, uh, religious level or, or God level, I guess. What does that mean? Well, I mean, like, I have a lot of faults. But listen, let's, let's stay with God thing. So you want God, you would call God your father knowing he screwed up? No, no, that's wrong. No, no, no. I, I'm saying humanly you, fathers, not 
godly fathers, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. It's a weird way of saying it. But, you know, it's like, I mean, I, I talked to the muscular Christian, and he said to me, he goes, he, he said something that was, he said a revelation to me. He goes, he goes you know, you got to stop worrying about this, uh, this text. And he goes, Aren't you and, tired and, and, and of worried he, about it? I mean, I'm not worried about it, but he told me three things that he said. He says, listen, he goes, did you beat your son? He goes, no. You Good. should have. And he goes, did you, did, are you an alcoholic? He goes, no. He goes, are you a drug addict? No. And he goes, okay, those three things, if you have, no matter what you did to your son, I goes, well, to be honest, I have to admit I was wrong because I made my son a beta in terms of you, don't, you, don't, you, you never embarrass, humiliate, or shame your, your son, especially a 19-year-old. Right. I got to move on. And I did. But anyway, he said... I got to move on. Yeah, okay, okay, fine. All right. Right here. Amazing. Sorry. Why do you look for the answer on the outside and not within yourself? Because I don't have the answers. But, but they're in you, within you. Why don't you look there? I look I'm, because I'm dumb. Oh, okay. And so you ask other dumb people? No, I ask other people for counsel and wisdom. So and he told trust, me this, and I was, I was blown wait, away. Wait, stay with me. Come back. You, you trust others more than you trust yourself? Uh, yeah, because yeah, you, you think can't... That, do you, oh, stay with me. You think they're smarter than you? There's a lot more... Sp- you, no. Do you think others are smarter than you? Yes. And how did they become smarter than you? Because I'm not living a successful life right now. And what is a successful life? A life of uncertainty is... No, wait. A life of certainty is successful. A life of uncertainty is failure and misery. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, and then, duh. Which is better for you? Which do you believe is better for you? A life of certainty or uncertainty? I'm going to say uncertainty. Speak to the mic. I'm going to say uncertainty. I didn't know you had to put it down. And why uncertainty? I believe it's the only way that I can allow God to be God. Otherwise, I f- it seems like I'd be playing God if I when, So when I was young, you know, you, I thought I knew everything. I I thought my life was certain. I thought I I thought I was living a life of certainty, and I realized it's an illusion. It was everything. It was wrong. When I, for instance, when I broke my knee, I didn't know that was coming. If I was certain about things, I might have known that was coming. So, um, I'm just going to say that. I believe uncertainty is the only way for me to truly find God. Amazing. So Nate, Nate wanted to change his mind. No, I just wanted to ask Doug, are you certain about that? Let me get hate to come. Right here, why hate is coming. A life of certainty or uncertainty? Which is better for you? And I'm asking this because I want you all to know for yourself. Know that you know that you know. Yes, sir. Which you prefer, life of certainty or uncertainty? Um, uh, uncertainty. Uncertainty? And why uncertainty? Uh, well, last week when you asked, uh, I didn't know if it was uh, a certainty of a positive certainty or a negative certainty. So, if I had control over that, 
Away from his mouth? Yeah, if I away from your mouth. If I had control over that, it reminds me of uh, the concept of free will, right? If I had free will, why don't I will myself to be better? So a life of uncertainty. Yeah. What does that feel like to live a life of uncertainty? That's uh, like every day. I don't know what's going to happen every day. So. And you prefer, you like it that way? Yeah. Oh, okay. Amazing. Yes, hey, a life of uncertainty or certainty? I think that a life of certainty is preferable. <laughs> and, and why is that? Because even though th- many things around us are uncertain, we can just stick with what we know and not be shaken by the uncertainty around us. Stick with what you know uh-huh. and not be shaken by the uncertainty? Yeah, or, nor try to figure out what we don't know. Oh. Because we don't oh, we need to know everything. So if you're certain, you don't have to figure out anything? Right. You shouldn't be figuring out stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. And if and so, so you live in a life of certainty now. I didn't. I didn't say I'm living that way. I <laughs> oh, you said. <laughs> you said it would be better for you. I think so. Yes. And so, why not live a life of certainty then? If you think a life of certainty is better. <clears throat> uh, I think because I'm not committed to like seeking God is why I don't I'm not saying that I yeah I think that's the reason why I don't you don't what live a life of certainty because you're not seeking God right the way you should right and interesting and why not if you know a life of certainty is better (laughs) because I think that I'm repeating it intellectually but I think I am correct about what? About the life of certainty being preferable. You think preferable. you're repeating it intellectually? Yeah. Repeating what intellectually? The, that it's better. Oh, okay. Amazing. Thank Why you. aren't you seeking God? Um, dis- I'm distracted by other things. Like, other things come in. The Bible says <laughs> that God made man upright, but he chases after many things. And that's what I'm doing. Oh, amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, right here. Which do you, good morning. Which do you prefer, a life of certainty or uncertainty? I prefer a life of certainty. And, and why is that? Because I know that God is real and God is good. And lately I've been following God's path more than I ever have. And though the path, I don't know what it is because I don't, I can't really see into God, so that part's uncertain, but I'm certainly following it, and that's enough for me. And so a life of certainty. Yeah. And how do you know you're following it? Uh, things kind of just open up for me now. Um, things tend to stop getting in my way, like including myself. What made the change? Or how did you make the change? Uh, well, I've, I've actually been born again for a while now, but lately I, I was still drinking, and I quit drinking. And yeah. I, I wasn't actually sure if I needed to or not because I was still, like, being a good person to the best of my ability. But I quit that, and now things just seem to be more easy. 
So you quit drinking and things yeah. became easier? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's small things, too, though. Right. Like, like driving the speed limit, for one. I notice everyone's driving 75 in a 55 zone on the freeway. Right. And now like you, literally all the cars were. And now you and, go 75? Well, I was going pretty fast this morning because I was a little late. Oh. But, but that's, that's the kind of thing. It's, it's little things, too. This is your it's, first time here? No, I've been here before. Oh, okay. A few years ago. And so now your life is working out? Yeah, it just keeps getting more easy. Yeah. To just, it, like, instead of... Instead of praying for all these little things that I think I might want and making decisions. Right. Now I just leave it up to God, and it doesn't take any thinking or anything. Things just open up, and I'm oh, like, okay. oh, yeah, that was God's path, and here I am. Right on. So a life of you say, certainty. Sorry, certainty. Yeah. And so do you have a life of certainty? Yeah. Your life is certain now. I mean, uh, like I said, like God's path, I think, is uncertain because we don't know it. But when we follow the path, that's... That's a life of certainty to me. Oh, okay. Interesting. Are uh, you doing a silent prayer? Yeah. Just every morning and night? Not every morning and night. So you're not doing it? Well, I, I just, I'm, I'm at the point where I don't really need, like I'm at peace all the time. So you so don't need to pray anymore? I don't think so. Oh. I, I still do it because it's, it's, I think it's good for your body too. Oh. Just to relax. So you're not doing it to be with the Father, you're doing it for your body? Well, both. But I'm, I'm with the Father all the time. So he said, cease, pray without ceasing. Did, what does that mean to you? It, to me, it means just leave things up to God. Oh. And like just always be doing that. And then that's how the path opens up. Oh, okay. Nice. That's how I see it, I guess. All right. Amazing. Yes, ma'am. A life of uncertainty or uncertainty? Which is better for you? For me, I would say uncertainty. Why uncertainty? Because it's all, all I know. It's the, all my life has been uncertain, so it's all I know, and I'm okay with that. So, so do you believe in God? Oh, yeah. And is God uncertain? Um, God's, God is certain, but I don't know. My life, I don't know what God's plan is. So, so you prefer a life of uncertainty? For me, uncertainty. God is certain, but you don't know what his plan is for you. Yeah. What does that mean, his plan for you? Well, I feel like God has a plan for everybody's individual life. And, um, but we don't know it. We're uncertain about that. Okay. I can't be certain what God is going to do or what's going to happen. And the future doesn't exist, so all I have is the present. And anything in, ahead of me, I'm uncertain about. Like, my life has been that way f- for as long as I've known it. So. so, And I'm okay with that. So it's been uncertain all your life? Yeah. And have you always been okay with be having an uncertain life? Um, I've never thought about it until the biblical question. (laughs) (laughs) And and why not? Because uncertainty doesn't feel right. Why have you thought about that? Because uncertainty doesn't feel right. Well, everybody tend to have an uncertain life. Why have you thought about why my life so uncertain? I feel what does it feel like to be uncertain? I just feel like the glass is empty. I feel like the glass is empty because if you're un if if life is uncertain... So it's not a test. Everybody relax. We're just fellowshipping, right? It's not a contest. 
It's not a right or wrong thing. Okay, go ahead. I think if life is uncertain, then anything can happen. You just don't know. I don't know nothing. So anything can happen. And it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be a negative thing that's going to happen or a positive. It could be any. It could be either way. And so you like feeling uncertain. I don't even, I wouldn't say that I feel uncertain. I, I just think that I'm okay with not knowing what's going to happen next. Okay. Amazing. Uh, yes, ma'am. Me? No, you. <laughs> Which do you prefer, a life of certainty or uncertainty? Uh, uncertainty. Uncertainty? Mm-hmm. And why uncertainty? Um, because I haven't reached a stage that I would like to be at in my life as far as knowing God 150%. Um, or having him in my life that much. So right now, being in the um, kind of like in a way, you know, I'm doing the silent prayer, and I'm, I'm, I see a change in me, but I think there's more. So uncertainty is okay for me today. Oh, okay. Amazing. Yes, Frankie. Oh, yes, sir. Hassan. Yes, sir. A life of certainty or uncertainty? Oh, um... Amen. Um, Don't do that in the meeting, man. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> uh, certain uncertainty. Uh, what does that mean? That I'm certain that God's will for me is what it will be, but I don't need to... Can be concerned or worried about it, because if I am, I'm pretending to play God. So you say you prefer both? Well, I'm certain that God's got it going on, but I don't. What does that mean? That if I stop being certain, then I let God's will be done. But if I'm certain, I'm pretending to play God, and I'm not letting his will be done. And so you want to ride two horses? You want to ride the horse of, you want to ride the horse of certainty and uncertainty? Because I'm not really understanding. Are no, you joking am, about, that's a good, are that's you a good joking point. about what you're saying? Are you serious? No, 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 I'm serious. And so you want to ride two horses? No, that's a good way, a good analogy. I am riding the horse of certainty. But the cowboy, me doesn't need to be certain about the, the horse certainty. That make sense? No. But if it makes sense to you, I, I totally understand. I like, just want like to get horse. you. I really, it's important that you really start knowing for yourself because things are going to get worse before they get better. And a lot of people out there are deceiving. And you really can know for yourself. God is with you. And if you learn to look on the inside, you can know for yourself. And so, but I, I have no idea what you mean, but if you understand it, <laughs> I, I'm fine with it. The one sentence. God is the horse of certainty, and I'm the passenger on it of uncertainty. Okay. <laughs> you sound like a rap song to me. <laughs> yes. Un- life of certainty or uncertainty? Um. Neither, neither one. I don't think about that. I so you to. don't have a life of 
Uh, which is better for you, life uncertainty or uncertainty? You said neither one is important to you? Correct. And what do you mean by that? It's, uh, it's kind of an illusion. It's a trick. You're going to live this way. You're going to live that way. <clears throat> and I used, to, I used to live that way. And I had all the hell in my life. And so um, once I kind of gave that up and stopped trying to live a, a certain way, I, um, I was able to have peace. So, so you neither live a life of certainty or uncertainty? Correct. Okay. Just live. Yes, Raymond. I see your hand. Which is better, a life of certainty or uncertainty? Certainty. And why certainty? Because with certainty, there is no doubt, uh, doubt that, you're, uh, that our Father in, is with us. Uncertainty is doubt, and doubt, we know that doubt comes from the devil. And so are you living a life of certainty? I, I definitely certain, believe I am, because if I wasn't certain, certain of anything, I wouldn't commit myself to even coming here. If, so you are living a life of certainty? I believe so. Okay. The young man next to you want to respond. Yes, sir. Good morning. How you Good morning. Doing? Which is better, a life of certainty or uncertainty for you? I would, I would say certainty. And why certainty? Uh, I think that um, uncertainty just kind of sounds like confusion, uh, directionless. Sounds like you don't know who you are, where you're going. But certainty sounds like uh, it's a directed path. It's straightforward. It's upright. And if I were to if, I, if somebody would ask me, is God certain or uncertain, I would say that God is certain. So I think if I'm, you know, if any person, like what's a better way to live, it's probably the way that God exists. And so are you living a life of certainty? I am not sure, actually. You're not sure if you're living a life of certainty? Correct. And why not? Why well, are you uncertain? I've just faced, um, I've faced a lot of moments in my life where I don't know exactly where I'm going and where I'm, or where I'm like supposed to be going. Right. And um, there's been extended periods of time, like one, for example, like 18, 18 to 24 months where I'm, I just really don't know what I should be doing as far as uh, work or, or passion or goals or just whatever. And um, I slowly but surely kind of figured it out. But, uh, it just felt very uncertain. And you figure it out? Uh, yeah, I think so. You're not sure? Uh, I think I figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> You're uncertain. Exactly, yeah. See, that's what I mean I'm, I'm, when I say I'm not sure if I'm living a life of certainty or not. Because, yeah. uh, for example, when I came out of that time period, I just, you know, I just started pursuing something specific that felt, once I heard about it and learned about it, it felt right. And that's what I pursued, so. So you was uncertain about the type of career, you say? Yeah, like career, and then from there also like direction in life. What, what do you mean by direction in life? Um, well, I think that life is, well, life on earth is a, it's a, you, you get to where you are aiming for. For example, I'm a college graduate, that's just one example. But the reason I was able to get, graduate college is because I, aim towards it. I had to apply, I had to get accepted, 
had to physically go there, check into the dorms, do all my classes, pass all my classes, and get a degree, you know? Um, so, yeah, I think that's what life is. You aim at something, and then you go and get it. Okay. Mm -hmm. And what, why did you aim at college? Why? Because I wanted to play football. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh -huh. And so you got that? Yes. And when you got it, were you satisfied? As satisfied with what? Life. No, no, because, I mean, well, when I graduated, I was 23, so I was, I was happy that I did what I did, and I had a good, like, I had a good football career in college, so I was happy about that, but I, I was 23, so if, <clears throat> excuse me, if nothing freaky or crazy happens, I still have, you know, probably 60-plus more years on this earth, right. you know? And so are you concerned about those years? That's a good question, Jesse. Um, <laughs> I, uh, well, no. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm certain about kind of like where I'm at now. And again, like I have stuff that I'm aiming for. So I feel certain about my direction. But And know. where are you now? In what terms? The thing that you're concerned about. You say, I'm concerned about where I'm now. I am now. Yeah, I like the job that I currently have. Um, I like and I, I feel like I'm able to make the impact that I, you know, that um, that I would enjoy. And then also I'm able to take care of myself like I pay all my bills. I'm able to help others financially, occasionally. And then um, I'm also I, like I have a pursuit that I'm going after. So and that brings a life of certainty for you um, in, in the in the now. Uh, the future is still a little bit uncertain, but like right now, I feel certain about about where I'm where I'm at. Oh, okay, mm -hmm. and and you are you concerned about the future? Define concerned. Um, concern. <laughs> Did you go to college? <laughs> I didn't go to college. <laughs> concern well, I mean, me. Think about the future. I do think about the future. Well, some people, I, I guess. Yeah, so they just went with the definition of concern, but some people use concerned as a synonym of worried. Right. So uh, do I think about the future? Yes. Am I worried about the future? No. And when you think of the future, what do you think? I, in terms of like my life? Right. Uh, yeah, I see me, I, I just have, essentially I have like a list of, oh, you said, oh yeah, I have a, um, I have essentially like a list of, just life goals that I'm chasing and things that I want in life. Um, and so um, I think about the future because I, I think about those things and wanting those things. And, and, and what, where is the future? Where? Yes. Where is it located? <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I don't know. It, like I live in New York, and so I see part of my future being in New York. I might move, but I don't. I don't know where the future <laughs> is located. <laughs> and so, how can you think on something that you don't even know where it is? Um, well, because I like I haven't died yet, and at every stage of life, like for example, even coming here, like a month ago, I booked the ticket to come here. So this was in my future because, you know, I could predict, according to the fact that you guys meet here every week, 
um, or pretty much every week so I could predict that you were going to meet again. And, uh, and then I planned for the future to come here. So a month ago I planned to come here. So, I mean, I, I, don't, that, I don't know. You just have to, that's just how, I guess, life works. Oh, uh, this your first time here? Yeah, it's my first time. Oh, welcome, man. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Good All to right. be here. <laughs> um, and so, but you don't know where the future is located? No, no, I don't. No, because I don't know. And so how did you come up with the idea of future then? And then you think about it to the point you worry about it, you prepare for it. I think the future is, is just intrinsic in, in humans. Is, uh, it, is it possible that the future is an illusion? It doesn't exist? Uh, Since you can't find out, you don't know the address of the future. Yeah. You don't know where it exists. Is it well, possible the, it's an illusion? Well, the future is, the future does not, like right now, the future doesn't exist. It does not? No. And so how can you prepare for it then? Because you're just predicting. You're just, because, for example, you remember being 20 years old, and then you also remember a year later turning 21, and then 22, and so whatever age you are now, you're predicting, okay, I'm going to turn, you know, uh, the next year and the next age, so. Oh, okay. And you just, like living that way? Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it gets me through the day, <laughs> through life. <laughs> And why think about it if it doesn't exist as opposed to just living now and not thinking about the past or future? Because I feel like things won't happen if you don't prepare for them. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you, like I would not have come here if right, I didn't Right, but when you, made, when you made the decision to come here mm-hmm. and you bought the ticket, you bought it then. Yep. And once you bought the ticket, it was done. Right. And so you just waited until the day you wanted to travel, Right. Right. And so you didn't have to think about that every day. Correct. I agree. And so you weren't thinking about the future. Okay. Well, that was the like moment practical. The- that's practical stuff you did. You know you want to take a trip. So you buy your ticket. So you're going to go on a trip in December, whatever the day is. Mm-hmm. But you didn't wake up every day thinking about December. What's the day today? <laughs> 18, 18, right? You didn't wake up every day thinking about that. Nope. Sure. So that's practical thinking. Okay. What type of future thinking are you doing other than that? Other than practical. Um, well, I, I, I can give you an example of some future thinking. You can tell me whether or not it's practical. I don't know if it's practical okay. or not. Like, for example, I'm not married, but I want to be married. Why? Uh, because I want to I wanna have a, get more kids and a family. Have more? Yeah, more kids. You have some already? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and why you need more? Because uh, I don't have any boys. Oh, you boys. trying to make boys? Yeah. That ain't going to happen. What you, why? No. <laughs> that, is, that is so discouraging. <laughs> I, I, I heard on Chuck Carter that, that sperm count going down. Whose sperm count? The boys' sperm count. Oh, oh in general, really? Uh, yeah. Well, that's very unfortunate. Yeah, so you might want to stop. No, I'm playing. <laughs> uh, uh, so you want more kids and, and you want to get married to have more kids. What would happen if you didn't get married or had more kids? In terms of what? What would happen to you then if that did not happen? N- nothing would happen to me. I, just, I would uh, just continue. It's just something you want. Yep. Mm-hmm. And why do you want it? Uh, well, for a number of reasons, but like... um. I want. I think it's important to 
um, to let your legacy live on, like your last name. And why? Uh, you know, because I think about my father and my grandfather, who are, you know, they both are passed away. And so, you know, now me and all my brothers, we're kind of carrying my father's legacy as far as who he was and, you know. And why is that important? Um, I don't know. I just, I, just think it's, I just think it's cool. But you don't know why? No, I think, well, I don't know. I think um, just all of human history is it's about the next generation. Like, the next generation is coming. Um, and so you can either choose to participate and have children who are going to make up the next generation, or you can choose to not participate. So, oh, okay. Yeah, I'd like, I think I'd like to participate. Interesting. <laughs> participate further. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, man. I'll come back to it. Very interesting, all right? Okay, Any sure. questions for me before we move on? Uh, no, no, not now. Just uh, glad to be here. Nice to I'm meet you. I'm glad you're here, man. What's your first name? Nico. Nico. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, yes, James. I have a question, a super chat question on YouTube, on YouTube. How do you look within and seek God, asks Osama bin Diesel. Okay, I'll get to that in a minute. I, I will. Remind me to come back to that, Jay. Okay. I want to deal with this. Uh, the best life to have is a life of uncertainty. But not intellectually uncertainty, but knowing that you know, uncertainty that you don't know. Because people who have a life of certainty, they shut down. Intellectually, they will not know God. Because they already think they know, and they already uh, um have this certain life, right? But with a life of uncertainty, and if you're seeking to know, you want to know, then what you do is you learn a lot about yourself, your fears, your doubts, your worries. And so when those situations come, you are willing to go into those situations and face them so you can learn something about what you didn't know about yourself. And you'll get to know God with a life of certainty, of, of uncertainty. Certainty is not good. It's neither good nor bad in that when you go through what you got to go through, because what I've noticed in society today, most people are afraid to be individuals, and most people are afraid to stand alone because they want to feel certain about everything. And so they act like the crowd. They look for the crowd to associate with They look outside for some form of identity to get a certain identity from, and that never works because you're never going to get it from the outside. It only comes from within. And so when you made up your mind that you're certain, you stop. And you stop facing issues in life. You You run away from them. You deny them. Even if they are happening within yourself, you're unwilling to face it. And so you make up excuses why you don't face it. Or you get drunk or you make a phone call. You know, like when you're alone, for example, most people when they're alone, they get lonely because the thoughts set in. Nobody cares about you. You're all alone. The ego flares up, right? And so instead of facing that uncertainty, going into that storm and shaking and going through it, you make a phone call or you get high or you do something to not face the uncertainty. You want to face the uncertainty. And, 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 and you don't have to say I want, you don't have to get to a point where you, where you want to say I'm certain about things, right? 
but it'll happen naturally. But you will still face things. Somebody mentioned pick up to cross a wall. The uncertain life is the cross that you have to deal with because it's all ego and it's all not you. And the last thing that most human beings can face is not them because they have identified with the ego as being themselves. And they don't want to face it. And so they make up stuff to keep from facing. You've got to face things. Uh, Christ faced every issue that he needs to deal with so that we can face it. And the only way you're going to overcome that not you nature, because we are not our thoughts, we are not our feelings, the good ones or the bad ones. We're not them. And unless you face those things, and the best way to, the best way to face them, of course, is to face them, go into the storm and face it. Shaking your boots. Listen to Satan tell you, oh, they're thinking this, or they're thinking that, or this going to happen, or that going to happen. You got to learn to face the uncertainty before you would know the truth. And most people are unwilling to do that. That's why we have alcohol. Matter of fact, that's why we have alcoholics and drug addicts, and, and you're going to all these experts, and they're giving you all the wrong answers. You don't get better. The only way you're going to get better is you got to face it. And facing it is not easy if you're not ready to face it. And even if you're ready, it's still rough. You're shaking your boots. But you must be ready to face whatever comes. Then you shall know. Yes, ma'am. Oh, I was going to ask. Oh, hold on one minute. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say that um, when I had a certain life, I mean, I walked the walk and every towel was color coordinated and everything was certain. I was certain where I was going to be at what time of the day every single day. Yeah. I was miserable. Yes. And I, absolutely, it was just a ab- facade. Absolutely. And everybody thought my life was perfect. Two kids, the fit, you know, great car, three, you know, everything. And I was miserable. Every certain person on this earth is miserable. You're just deceiving yourself that you're not, but you're miserable and you're putting up a front and you never know God. You know about him, as James was saying, intellectually, you'll be able to uh, quote the truth, what you hear others say. Because what I've noticed that I didn't know before, because I wasn't into learning and feeding the intellect, right? I didn't know how caught up people can, how easy it is to get caught up with the intellect and just quote what you hear, whether it's quote the Bible, or quote what you hear here, or quoting what you hear someone else say, and you feel good by quoting it because you look good in your mind, you think you're looking good in front of other people, but other people know you quoting it. They know that you don't have it. They know you're just saying what you read in the Bible, you heard someone else say. They know, they may not tell you, but they're looking at you and they're thinking, what an idiot. All they're doing is intellectually quoting this. You have to be careful of the intellect because the intellect is of the devil. The intellect is evil. That's why when you get knowledge, do not, do not hold on to knowledge. Knowledge is good to hear, but do not hold on to it because it will deceive you. Look at the Bible-thumping people. They could quote the Bible until the cows come home, but yet they believe Jesus is God because somebody told them that and intellectually, they believe it. And because they believe it, they get locked into that, and they never know God. It stops right there. But they'll run around quoting it, and they'll think that you 
think highly of them because they can quote the Bible. That's how the ego works. But don't try to make yourself feel uncertain or, or, oh, I'm going to create an uncertain life. It will happen on its own. And you got to be all in willing to go through it. It's like when you were talking about going to work. I remember one point you said something like you would go to work and, th- and people would be weird and you would have to get out to the office and all that, right? Has that changed? In what way has it changed? Um, I, I don't go away from it. Nice. <laughs> I don't go away from it. I stay in that moment and I face it and uh, I go towards it. So. And what is it like? It's going- scary. Yeah, <laughs> it's scary. At least in my boots, it is. Um, I've had some pretty scary situations as far as being, um, you know, I've done some, I've done some terrible things in in time, over time, and uh, I'm just having to look at all that, and it's it's, wow. I remember when you first woke up, you were saying like you're too old to wake up. Right? Or, no, I'm not old. This is making me young. That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> The most scariest time in whole life is facing that, going through the uncertainty. And that's why most people don't want to deal with it. Uh, it's yeah. so scary. And I, I talk to people differently. Um, I mean, and I, and I, I'm, I haven't, I can't say that it's, uh, it's over it by no means. Don't say it. Um, because, because saying that it's over is a thought, yeah, right? Right. And every thought is a lie. I had somebody tell me this week. Well, I thought I was no longer angry. The fact that you thought it was a lie. Because all thoughts are evil. They come from the devil. And the devil tells you, you're not angry anymore. Look at you. You can handle anything. And at that very moment, you're going to get knocked out because you believed a lie. Isn't that amazing? Go ahead. Yeah, because even, even on the freeway. If I if I tell someone off before I even finish the the terrible thing, I'm correcting myself. I'm you know I'm seeing what I never saw before. Yes. Um, yeah. And that's the difference. It's just it's just in it's been some scary thoughts. I mean scary situations I've had to face. But I I talk I talk to my son. I generally call him because he knows. Uh, I feel I feel like he knows. Um, <laughs> He just sees a different side. He listens. I, I can't get my girls to listen or, you know, right. really. That if somebody doesn't understand what you're going through, it's hard to explain. They think yeah. you're off your rocker. So I don't explain. I just don't. And we, No, you know, because you can see it's a waste of time. Yeah, it's a total it's a waste, waste of, of time. time. It is. I never will forget when you first came here, you said, that you thought you were too old now. You were like, are your sisters, I guess? No, I'm not old. And you're like, <laughs> right. The moment you wake up is when life began. Yeah. In all honesty, you should never think about your age. Because the moment you think about it, now you got to try to do something about it. Oh, I got to rush through life. I got to get a house. I got to get a, a, make a baby. Uh, <laughs> four more babies. The moment... You think about it because all thoughts come from darkness. And, and every thought requires something else to be done. It never just allow you to live. It makes you think you got to do something else. It's like comparing yourself to someone. Now you got to try to be better than that person or be like that person. 
where every thought there's an up and a down, but in no thoughts there's no up and no down. And we have to get to a point in life where, and you can if you go through the, your fears, go through the uncertainty. You have to get to a point in life where you have no thoughts, except practical thoughts about what you're going to eat. You know, I got to go to the market. I got to make it back to the airport by five, whatever, right? Other than that, there should be no thoughts. Zero thoughts. Zero, because all thoughts come from the devil. And they just set you up. That's why there's an up and a down. There's a yes and a no, because you're into thoughts. And every thought requires another answer. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> what do you think about that? Uh-huh. I think that's interesting. Um, interesting. You should never, ever think about wanting a child, period. You should just live yeah. in the presence of God mm-hmm. and all your needs will be met mm-hmm. because you don't really know your needs. Yeah. And they will all be met. And if it meant for you to have a boy, it will happen. It really would. Okay. And then when you made the baby, you wouldn't get this false identity from the baby. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm a father. I'm a man. I'm a dad. I'm important. I'm this, right? Mm-hmm. And that way you won't impose your will on your child. Because the moment you say, oh, I'm a, like he was saying about the dad thing, he think dad is important. Dad ain't important. But he think it is, so he can't appreciate his son calling him father. Because it doesn't give him a personal feeling. It doesn't feel cl- It's like women with mom. They used to call women mother. Now everybody's a mom. Because mom feel warm and fuzzy is important, right? Mm-hmm. And they get a feeling from it. And so that's why he rather hear dad rather than father. And if he wasn't looking for an ego feeling, if his son called him up and said, hey, father, happy birthday or whatever, just hi, father. It would have been fine, as fine as it would if he had said that. Right? But he's looking for a feeling. Egos look for feelings. They look for identity. Because it's of the devil. It separates you from God. I used to want, when I was growing up, I was, I was like, I'm going to get married and I'm going to have ten children. <laughs> because I came from a big family, right? And I really wanted that. And so I came out, I bought a house at 25 because a man should always have his own place, never go into the woman's world, but bring her into his world. So I was going to get married, bring her into my home, and we were going to make 10 babies. I'm so glad that didn't happen (laughs) because it was an all-ego want, and I wouldn't have been good at it. It was an ego want. And so it was something that I thought I wanted because the thoughts are from the devil. And it felt good to want a big family. It felt good to even say, I'm going to have 10, ten children. I just thought of something. A- another friend of mine was saying the same thing. He was going to get married. He going to have a bunch of babies. And he did it. And it ain't pretty. <laughs> it's not pretty. Because we don't know what we want. We don't know what we need. Only God knows. And the devil would pretend to be God and make you think you know what you want and need. But you don't know. And every time you get it from the devil, it's never going to work out. It requires something else. So you want to you come in on that? What do you think about that? 
Yeah, yeah, I do want to comment that. You know, it's funny when you when you say all that you just said. It's like it just it seems it just makes a lot of sense. It feels like it makes a lot of sense. Um, but my let me the question I have is like so just like we talked about earlier with um, like buying a plane ticket to come here because right. I you know that's practical. And you have to do that to get from New York to Yeah, because you want to get the best ticket you can get. Yep. And they tell you, okay, if you buy a ticket weeks ahead of time, it's a little cheaper. Mm-hmm. So you want to save money. So you buy a ticket a little early. Mm-hmm. You know you want to go to L.A. in December. And so once you get all that done, you don't need to think about that every day. So how does that then, as far as being married, for example, because just with being married, oftentimes... I mean, even if you don't have a big wedding, even if you just elope at the at the courthouse or whatever, um, you still there's still I feel like there's still a lot you need to discuss and think about and talk about and like future planning. So how do you, I guess, how do you live without thinking too much about the future, but also, you know, if you want if these things are going to happen or if you want these things, like how do you make you know what I mean? Give me an example of what you mean. When you, let's say you get married, you feel like you got to talk everything out with your wife now. And, uh, well, I'm, I'm be, just talking about before I get married. Uh, like like what for an example? Like, like fi- for example, <clears throat> if finding somebody I want to marry, right, or that I would marry, you know, it just, I just feel like every step of the way, for example, planning a date and then, you know, more dates and more time together, and then, okay, yes, I'd like to marry you, or we'd like to be married. So then the future is like, oh, do you want kids? Yes, I want kids. You know, like, it just feels like every step of the way you have to plan for the future, you know? So I, I guess I just don't understand how you not think about the future, but also just allow those things to happen without thinking about them. Uh, did you have your hand for what he... Saying, this young lady want to respond to you, and then I'll come back to you with that. Sure. Uh, it sounds like you're asking that those are practical questions, right? Just like the plane ticket, that, you know, finding a wife, having children, that those are practical aspects of life. Is that what you mean? Possibly. I, yeah, they might just be practical. Um, but I think I just... Um, maybe I misunderstood a little bit, but uh, okay. just how to like... Number one, uh-huh. never ever plan with your wife. You lay out, you do it. When you're dating, you make sure that your wife going to follow you and obey you. You should ask her, are you going to follow me? Are you going to obey me? And if she says yes, you date her to see if she meet it. You maintain being yourself. Don't cater to her. Don't try to satisfy her. You just be you. And then during the dating period, you will see if this is a woman that really meant it when she said, because a lot of women will say, yes, I'll follow you, right? And the morning and the night after the wedding, she, uh-uh, I ain't mean it that way. I ain't, mean, I ain't really mean follow you. Because they lie to you to get what they want from you. And so you should be clear. You should be so knowing with, you know, life that, you during the date period, are you going to follow me? If she say no, you get up and walk away. Be done. And then you lay out the plan, get yourself a job, get yourself a house, and, 
And so when you do get married, you bring her into your world instead of you trying to get approved and be into her world. You don't need, don't go in her world. It's not going to work. And so as far as planning, like the young lady was saying, you plan practical things. I want a house. I want a job. I want a house and blah, blah, blah. But that's about it. You don't need to plan life. Life will work on its own. And when life works naturally, it's God's life. It's what he has planned for you. It is better than what you ever want. And never, ever, 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 but never, 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 ever, ever, ever <laughs> look for a wife. Every time you look for a wife, you're going to always end up with Satan's daughter. <laughs> what do you think about that? <laughs> I'm sorry. That's, that's funny. Um, that's why marriages don't work, because yeah. men are looking for women and women are looking for men. So you have two devils looking for one another, and they find one another, and then the fight begins. Mm. Yeah, I've, I've experienced that. Every human being has that look for a wife or a husband. So, so you just you just live life, and if she comes, she comes. Yes. Okay. And the fact that you want it is a sign that something's wrong with you. That something is missing, mm. and you're trying to replace it with something on the outside, rather than going within to see what it is that's missing. Mm. So you shouldn't want marriage? No. Oh. There's nothing wrong with wanting, like I would tell the ladies, the ladies should not want a husband. I mean, they can want a husband, but not to the point where they prepare themselves for a man, or they go out looking for a man, or they go to church to try to present that they're holy women so they can find holy men, right? Mm -hmm. Looking for a husband should be 199 on the list. And so if it's added, they'll be fine. If not, they'll still be fine. You should never only seek the kingdom of God in his right way, along with nothing else or no one else. And that's that uncertain life that we we're talking about. And then life will work out perfectly. It'll be amazing. Why do you think you should look for a wife? Uh... I just have I just have always thought that um, being married is a good thing. You've never seen a good marriage, though. Not a lot. Not a lot. You haven't seen any. None at all. <laughs> so, so why should I even do it at all? So what? Why should I even do it at all? You shouldn't. <laughs> but then, <laughs> but won't the won't the world? You know what I mean? Like people. That's the only reason to do it to make some babies, but nothing else. Not to get love. Not to find comfort, not to find, it's just to make a baby. Yeah. You know, you're not trying to get love from your wife or anything, not from your children or anything. Otherwise, it would just be devils fighting one another. Because if you try to get love from your kids, you're going to create them in your image, and they're going to catch the same hell you're catching in life. Because you're taking the life out of them, making it, trying to get a good feeling for yourself. Feel like a dad instead of a father. interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It, no, it sounds like it makes sense. <laughs> it's just uh, it's very different from life as I know it. Right, because every human being has been taught wrong in life. Everything we've been taught has been wrong. Mm -hmm. 
Everything we've been taught about God has been wrong. Everything we've been taught. So what happens when the ego is dying? All the crap, the planning and the ideas and the things we think we know are being destroyed. Then you start to discover life as you're living it. And there's nothing like what you've been taught. And yet it's an easy way to live. Can I? Oh. Can no, I ask you one more question? Yeah. Sorry, I don't mean to hog the microphone. No, you can uh, hog it. You came a long ways. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so a lot of what you say, and I've listened to you before, a lot of what you say seems to make a lot of sense. But the one thing I'm just always curious about is why do people like you seem to be so rare? It's like nobody else seems to say the things you say and the way you say it. Like not many other preachers, teachers, other believers. It, it, it almost it, it almost literally feels like nobody else. Like not one other person, at least not publicly. Right. Um, and I, I I'm just very curious. How, why do you why do you think that is? Because people have fear. They haven't really even the so-called preachers and teachers and whatever. Right. They have not found the kingdom of heaven within. They intellectually know the know about the truth, but inwardly they have fear because they don't know the truth. They know about it. They intellectually, and so they can't, if they, they are afraid of losing something. If I told my congregation the truth, they may disappear. Or if I, if I didn't act a certain way, they may not like me. Or blah, blah, blah. They have fear. Intellectual people have fear. Only those who overcome or is overcoming the electric, the, uh, the intellect don't have fear. They overcome fear. And like you, you know the truth now. And if you stay within, you look within and overcome the lie, you'll be out there telling the truth. And it wouldn't be that you are planning to do it. You do it as needed. You, you will have no intellectual plan. I'm, I'm going to prove to somebody how smart I am. So I'm just going to repeat what the preacher said. Uh, I'm going to repeat what the Bible said so you can look good. All that stuff would disappear. So you got to look within and stay there and not without. Okay. And even when you fellowship in the way we're doing today, you let it go in one ear and out the other. Don't hold on to knowledge. Don't hold on to it because it'll make you think you have something you don't. It's of the devil. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That makes sense? Yeah, it does. And, it does. It sure does. And the reason it makes sense because the God in you, the teacher that you already have inside of you, is witnessing to what you're hearing. He's awakened inside of you to confirm that that's the truth. And it's not coming from the head. Mm-hmm. It's not. Amazing, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So start look, stay out of that club looking for a wife. Just go there and get drunk <laughs> and go home. Oh, no, no. I don't drink. <laughs> No, I'm just, I know you're doing it, but just don't look for anything. Seek first the kingdom of God in his right way, along with nothing else. No one else or anything else. Good. And if there's a desire that you feel like emotionally, I feel like I want this or that. That means something's wrong with you. That something is missing inside of you. But nothing or no one on the outside can fulfill that. You go within, relax in the fear of it. And you have it. It'll come. All right. Yes, Are you doing a silent prayer? No. And why not? Uh, I don't know. I, I'm familiar with the silent prayer. 
and I did. Uh, I, I tried to do it a couple times, a couple different times, and um, and then I just stopped. The last thing the devil wants you to do is be still. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want you to just be still and let go, right? He wants you, oh Lord, help me, please Jesus, save my soul, give me money, blah blah blah. Uh, uh, bless mama, bless daddy, bless bless the cow. <laughs> you gonna pray for a cow? <laughs> he because when you're doing those kind of prayers, you're praying to the devil. That's why they never get answered. But will you be still and know the Holy Spirit will pray on your behalf? You have a teacher inside and he will pray for you. Mm-hmm. And the devil cannot interrupt that. Yeah. Because he cannot know the plan that God has. It's impossible. Mm-hmm. So start doing the silent prayer. Still do your little hoop and hollering. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord, I want a wife because I need to make a boy. I need to carry my leg and see all right. Yes. <laughs> you should do that and then be still and know God. Okay. And let his will you. be done. Sounds good. It's much easier way to live. Yeah. Really. With no plan. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yes. <laughs> nice. Let me find out from you too, and then I come to you. All right. Uh, so Jay, the question was, how do you seek the kingdom of heaven within? Something like that. Yeah. Uh, he asked, how do you look within and seek God? By noticing the not you, by noticing the thoughts and the feelings, and you will realize that you were never your thoughts and you were never your feelings. What you really got to see is the not you in there. Don't look for the real you because you won't see that, right? But you will see the not you. You will see all your fears, all your doubts, all your worries, and you will realize they all came from thoughts and they were never real. They were never, never, ever real. It was always a lie. So just watch the not you, the thoughts and feelings, and do nothing about them but watch them, and then the light that causes you to see them will destroy the devil's nature. It's an abnormal state of living, and then you'll find yourself living, as you were saying earlier, you'll find yourself living the norm, the normal state of being, instead of the abnormal state. So look at the thoughts and the feelings. That's what you're watching inside yourself. And then you will see the same hell going on with everybody in the world. Everybody has the same problems. It's no different. I have another question from a lady who called the other week asking about the other, a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago, his biblical question, when do you know you're strong? Did you ever answer that? I don't, I don't think remember. you ever did. I don't, I don't know. Okay, I'll get to that on the radio tomorrow. Okay. Because I get thrown off right now. Okay. I'll get to that on the show. Remind me tomorrow, James. All right. I definitely want to respond to it. So let me take this young lady. Did you have your hand? Okay. Oh, okay. I wanted to ask. Uh, there's one thing in going through this uh, that still, make, I know I'm thinking, but that word obey. Um, how do I get over that word obey? Yeah. Um, I just, every hair on my body just sticks straight up. There's something there, and I can't seem to, and I know it's thinking, but, oh, when you say it, when I hear it. So when you hear that a wife should obey her husband, yeah. you have a problem with that? Yeah, and, <laughs> a big problem. I and don't why? Um, 
The only thing I can associate it with is, is you know, uh, my upbringing. I was raised with four brothers, uh, and I'm the only girl. Right. And I'm kind of like the black sheep kind of thing. I was, um, you, you know, I didn't obey. No, I was the, I was definitely didn't obey. All I right. don't obey. And I why, don't obey. But you weren't, <laughs> but you weren't married then. Even when I was married. You didn't obey your husband? Twice I was married. Both Whoa. times failed, and they're both passed on. And you, you killed them. No, I didn't. <laughs> no, I didn't. I, sometimes I think I did when I oh, see no, some you of killed the stuff. Them. I know, how sad. Why didn't you obey them? I don't obey. I don't like that word, first of all. But no, um, why didn't I But I wish I would have known a better uh, definition of obey. Uh, all I could think no of is a little dog. Obey. All I could think of is a little dog, you know? obey, then I'm, I'm not that type of person. Here's what I want you to do. Every time you hear the word obey, watch what Satan tells you about it and your feelings about it. Okay. And you'll come to know why you rebel against it. Okay. It was something happened yeah. that made you resent that situation with somebody else or something. Right. And that's what you reacted to today. Okay. So the next time you hear it, just watch it. Because I don't want to give you the wrong answer for it or anything, and I don't want you to make up something. I right. want you to overcome it. And I'm trying not to, and I try not to think about it to figure it out because right. it's all a bunch of crap. Yeah. So I don't. So but, when it comes up again and you feel a certain thing about it, relaxing the pain of it okay. in that uncertainty of not knowing what it means or anything, okay. and you'll come to know and you'll be made free. And God okay. forbid, if He give you another husband, you won't kill him. <laughs> oh, you obey Him. Oh, my gosh. I don't know. <laughs> but just feel the, uh, feel the pain of that word. Yeah. Feel the overreaction to it. <laughs> and watch the feelings. And relax in it. Mm-hmm. Don't escape from it. Right. By denying it. Because right. we can escape from things by getting rid of the thought of it really fast. Oh, yeah. Without going through the emotions of it. Right? You want to go through the fire. Right. And then on the other side is the answer, and you would never have to go through it again. So watch the feeling, sit in it, mm-hmm. and don't let the devil tell you anything. Okay. All right? All right. Okay. Yes, Nick? Did you have your hand? I did, but I found the answer. Oh, okay. You had your hand right here. Um, I'm listening to all the answers, and I'm listening to what you're saying about uncertainty, and I guess... Um, it, it kind of goes into the planning stuff, and it sounds to me, and please correct me if I got this wrong, it's not so much making a practical plan, but that practical plan becomes very impractical when you start to get the emotions involved, right? When you plan a birthday party, that can be practical, but if you plan how you expect it to go and what you're going to get out of it and your feelings about it, now you're setting yourself up for something to... You know, to go wrong, right? To be un- if something uncertain happens, well, now your vision of it emotionally, how it should be, how it's supposed to turn out, is now gonna come back on you, right? I want a wife to be this way and do these things. You get are a you plan about your, it. Are you changing your mind about the uncertainty? Uh, I'm, I'm, I think that the, I think that the answers are not that different. I'm not changing my answer. No, but, I'm not uh, changing my answer. You're not. You're not changing your answer about you want you live a certain life, right? No, I'm not changing my answer. Okay, and so your question is what? Be precise with the question. Is it is it that when you have an expectation of how something will go, where it stops being practical? 
Are you talking about something physical, practical? Sure. Let's, let's say planning a birthday party. Is it practical to plan something and have no idea of how it needs to go and just be like, I'm planning it, it's going to happen on the 5th, and that's the end of it? Well, the things that I'm talking about are spiritual things because if you get the spiritual life right, then the practical life will work out naturally. And, and because in the practical life, you neither have a, uh, in your mind, you wouldn't have a plan of the, out, the outcome of it. You just put the party together. And it was like the flight you took here. You got on, let's say you plan this in July to come here in December. And you, you get on the airplane, all of a sudden the plane not taking off because the pilot's nowhere around. You wouldn't overreact <laughs> to that anyway because it wouldn't be a big deal either way. You're accept whatever happened. So if you get the spiritual life right, then the practical life would be fine. You, you would be like that when all of life, where whatever happened, happened. But if you intellectually pick this up, you're, not, you're going to be faking it and you won't be free. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's what I was thinking. Okay. Well yeah, yeah. I didn't, but I have a question. Okay. And then I saw a young lady in the back. And I want to ask you guys a question about something. Go ahead. Okay, so over the weeks I've heard you say that, you know, as you continue on the narrow path that you eventually won't have any more thoughts. You'll just have your practical thoughts. So for me personally, I still have thoughts, but I see the thoughts. So right. how do you get to a place where you don't have the thoughts? By not asking that question. Okay. <laughs> and, and, yeah. and the reason, the reason I'm telling you that because the, the fact that the devil got, that the devil has you thinking about, well, when will this all end? How do you know? When will you get to a point where you have no thought? It's spiritual. Evil is spiritual, right? And the light of God is spiritual. He is spirit, and He is fighting that for you. And when you get there, you'll just know it. It wouldn't even be a thought. Okay. But what I want to encourage you, and I, I understand why you ask, because the devil will put that on your mind. Well, how do you get to the point where you have no problem? But you stay on the path. You do the silent prayer and watch. Okay. And then when the fears come or the uncertainty come, you go through it. Don't whine about it. Don't worry about it. Just go through it. And you will see. And because the devil is a dark, wicked spirit that made a mind in your body, and he, I mean, uh, made a, a home in your intellect and your body, that will be destroyed. Okay. It will go away and you will know it. It will not even be up for a question. Thank you. But just be willing to go through it if it takes 100 years. Don't put a time on it or anything. Okay. That's a good question. I'm sorry? Does it take 100 years? No. I'm sorry? It doesn't take 100 years, does it? I said if it should. Oh, okay. <laughs> you should be willing to, to do it if right, it takes 100 right. years. Wow. Okay. <laughs> but it could take the twinkling of an eye if we had not identified with the far self. We have grown up identified with the not us. And most people, all of us really, until you really, really get on that path and start tasting it, seeing the light, you don't want to turn around. But most people are convinced they need to think something and feel something. They think if they're not feeling anything or thinking that it ain't life. Mm. And so I've had a couple of people when I say keep your mind where your body is and they'll do it and there's nothing. They don't th- feel anything. They don't think anything. They're like, oh, I need to be thinking stuff. I don't like this. <laughs> and so they have identified with the false self, and that's why they, it's hard for them to let that go. Right. But if you are willing to lay that down, you can be free already. Mm. 
Got it. Yeah. Uh, the young lady, you, ha- you still have a question? Oh, okay. All right. Um, I have a... Yes, sir. Right here. Uh, <coughs> I just wanted to know your opinion. Uh, so I, I've forgiven uh, my mother years ago, right? But I did it again. I went up to her this time. And she seemed, uh, you know, very accepting, you know, more more accepting than I thought she would. Right. And then the the next couple of days, uh, she started buying me gifts. And I, I don't know if it's related to that, but I thought it was kind of weird. I mean, and so your question with me is what? I mean, what, what do you think about that? Is it, should, should I just should take I, a gift and say, thank you, Mama, and, and be yourself. Don't don't go beta no more. You still stand up to her. Don't resent her and be yourself. Because she might be trying to draw you back in by giving you a gift. Now you can't stand up to her because she gave you a gift. But don't you change your path. You still be yourself. It's, thank you for the gift. Yeah, it's not. It's not. It's not like she's uh, trying to make up for for her past mistakes right. or whatever. Well, so why are you questioning the gift? Because she wouldn't normally do that. Right, but see, she might be feeling guilty now. Yeah, that's what. That's what I thought. And so she's trying to make up for the guilt. And uh, as long as you stay honest with her, and she bring it up one day, let's say she say, why are you being so mean to me? I bought you a gift. And you're like, duh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. You don't change. You still show her love by being honest with her and not resenting her. And whatever her issues are, she has to deal with that. Okay. As long as she can't buy you back with the gift. No. Right? Right, right. Okay. Just don't let her draw you back in. It's like your wife. Your wife get mad at you, and the first thing she says, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to cook. And you say, okay, no problem, I'll eat out. And as soon as you say, I'll eat out, then all of a sudden, okay, I'll make a meal. Because she's trying to draw you back in in one way or another. And if a person makes you feel good, they control you. If they can make you feel bad, they control you. But if they can't make you feel either way, they have no control over you. So just watch her and see where she's coming from and you'll be fine. All right? Because right? you'll see where she's coming from as long as you don't get angry. No, I wasn't angry. I was, I was um, more su- surprised than anything. I'm sorry? I was more surprised than... Yeah. She might be feeling guilty and trying to make up with it, you know, like feeling bad by what she did. Yeah. And she thinks buying you a gift is going to make things better. But it won't, not with her herself. It's on her, not you. Yeah. Okay. All right? Thanks. So I know that time is up, so I need 10 minutes if y'all don't mind. Maybe 15 at best. Have you heard that your sins have been forgiven? Anybody ever heard that? Mm-hmm. Only one person? Yes. You've heard that? What does it mean your sin has been forgiven? 
Um, what, what does it mean that our sins are forgiven? Um, that if we accept Jesus Christ, then um, God can have mercy on us and he can let us into his heavenly kingdom. Speak up for me. I'm sorry? Speak up a little louder from your chest. That um, even though we sin and even though no one is um, allowed into the, heaven of ki- in the heavenly kingdom, that we can still be granted access because of his mercy, because of God's mercy and his grace. And that's what it means to you when you hear your sins have been forgiven? That we're not worthy, and yet we can still enter the kingdom of heaven. You're not what now? That we're not worthy. You're not worthy. And we can still enter the kingdom of heaven because he's merciful. And so you believe that you're not worthy? I don't believe that any human being is worthy. How about you? No. You're not worthy? No. Why not? Um, because of original sin, because we're all, we're all sinners. Oh, okay. We all betray God. And do you believe your sins have been forgiven? I believe that if I accept Jesus Christ and I repent and I ask for mercy, that God uh, is willing to grant me mercy. And so do you believe your sins have been forgiven? Yes. You do believe that? And you ask for mercy? Yes. And and why did you ask for mercy? Because otherwise, uh, I don't think God would uh, accept me into his kingdom. And did he tell you to ask for mercy? Yes, I, I believe so, yeah. Where? I believe that's in the Bible that we where, are. Where? I, off the top of my head, I don't know. Yeah, I know how that is. Somebody <laughs> has prove it. You can't think of anything. Yeah. yeah I, I don't have, like, the whole thing memorized. Right. Just to, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh, you said you're a new believer, right? Yeah. Okay. Do you believe that your sins have been forgiven? I believe so, And yes. why do you believe that? Because I believe that God forgives everyone who accepts him in their heart. And, and what do you mean by that? I just mean that, that if accepting God to me means um, being grateful for what Jesus has done for us and, and that um, if I live a life in a way that uh, is, um, you know, going towards God, then I feel like uh, my sins will be forgiven. Okay. And, um, okay. You said a lot, but okay. Uh, and I'll come back to you. I'm coming back to you in a minute. Okay. Right next to you. Do you believe that you've heard your sins have been forgiven? Yes. What does that mean to you? Anything I've ever done or would ever do has already been forgiven. Oh, okay. Been accepted as Okay. I'm sorry? Been accepted as being okay. And oh, okay. Sin. Amazing. Sin. Let me ask right here. I just realized what I wanted to ask you. Okay. Do you still have anger? No. You, you have no anger? Not not really. Not not as much as I used to. And do you have anger? Mm, I guess in little little instances, yeah. But um, ever since I found God, I've those little things don't bother me as much. I guess is the best way to put it. And so do you have anger? Mm, not right now. And so do you have anger? No. <laughs> <laughs> so we went all around the Marbury bush. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so do you have it or uh, you don't have it? I don't have it. So you never get angry? That's not true. I just don't have it right now. So do you ever get angry? Sometimes. 
Boy, are you going to make me take a drink? <laughs> I need one. <laughs> <laughs> so if you never get ang- if you don't have anger, how do you ever get angry? Mm, I guess it's just more of a state thing. Like it's just, it happens and it goes away. Oh, and, and, and just lays, it stays there for another day? No, not that long. It goes away where? Mm, it depends if I let it, if, if I, if I think about it as, as bothering me, then I'm going to keep it. But I, if I let it go, I'll just let it go. That's and where it does go. it go? Mm, away, out of my mind. Uh, and to where? I don't know. I don't care. It's not with me anymore. Until something else happened. Mm. Yeah, I guess so. And then when, it, when it, something happens and it comes back, where is it coming from? Uh, I don't know. I'm just reacting to it. So do you think maybe it's still inside of you? I'm working on it. Do you think it's it still inside of you? Yeah, I guess so. Oh, okay. Do you believe it's, you can live life with no anger? Mm, I think that's the goal, yeah, but... Uh, there's just some things in life where you just kind of feel anger in the moment and then, and then you, can, you can get over it. Do you think it's possible to live a life with no anger in the moment? I don't know. Okay. Honestly, yeah. Right I can't on. tell you. Uh, the young man behind you are. When you've heard that God has forgiven you for your sins, yes. what does that mean? Uh, that he no longer recognizes... Um, your sins as things you've done. As things you've done? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Who, who did them? Well, you did them, but I mean, he no longer recognizes that you did them. Oh, he, he no longer recognizes the thing you've done. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. That's what it means by God has forgiven you for your sin? Yeah, that's how I've always interpreted it. Okay. Interesting. The young man in the jacket wanted to respond. You've heard that God has forgiven you for your sins? I've heard that, yes. I'm sorry? I have heard that, yes. And what does that mean to you? Um, what comes to mind is that uh, when you were blind and you did not know of me, that being God. You said, were you lying? Like, basically, when we did were blind. No, blind. Oh, blind. Yes, okay. yes, yes. Okay. Uh, you were not guilty of sin. But now that I'm making you conscious of my spirit, of my kingdom, what I have done, you are now guilty of sin. You know, so if, like, if you continue to sin after already knowing me, it's like when God healed that blind guy. And then he found him, and he said, like, hey, why, why are you keep sinning? If you keep sinning, something worse is going to happen to you. Um, but that's the way I look at it, um, that okay. God is opening your eyes to him. Okay, interesting. Um, right here, do you, you've heard that God has forgiven you for your sin? Yes. And what does that mean to you? To me, it just means that if you admit you're wrong and repent, whatever you want to call it, that God will just pull you back into the kingdom, or try to, at least in steps. And okay. I mean, I would say it's just bringing you back to your path. It's that once, you've, once you stray from your path, you can still come back to it. Okay. You're not like forever doomed, basically. All right. Do you believe you've heard that before? Yeah, I've heard it before. What does it mean to you that God has forgiven you for your sins? I'm still thinking about it, but I think... Um, Similar to what the young man said over there, that he just doesn't keep account or keep, he doesn't not remember, he did, that God doesn't keep account of the sins that you've done. Like, because he said something about 
you asked him like, oh, it wasn't you. And he said, it was you. But I'm thinking like, it really wasn't you. It was a not you. So what does it mean that God has forgiven you for your sin? I don't really know. I'm still thinking about it. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) See how the internet makes you want to come up with something? Nice. Duh. And then you have your hand, right? Okay. You've heard that God has forgiven you for your sins? Yep. And what does that mean to you? I'm not totally sure either. I've heard some things and I kind of believe them, but do I understand that? Not necessarily. You don't? Not fully. Did you, before right now, did you think you understood what it meant? Sure. You did? Oh, okay. Well, no, no, I'll say, I'll say no, because there was a time where I believed that I was so hateful to myself, because I, and I would never thought God would forgive me for any of it. So maybe I would say no. Oh, so you said before now you didn't think God had forgiven you? You didn't know what that mean? Right. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah, right. You mean what? No, no, right. Exactly, right. <laughs> I'm certain. I'm certain about this. Well, uh, the young lady and then Francisco, then we'll, I'll get to my other part of this question. Um, Had when, you heard that God has forgiven you for your sins? Yes. And what does that mean to you? When Jesus died on the cross and said to God, um, forgive them of their sins, they know not what they do, I include myself in the masses that the sins that I've committed I was not aware that they were a sin I was you know either doing the making the best choice that I could at the time which ended up being a sin yeah. or I was acting out of a desire or something that just felt good in that moment and it was a sin oh okay amazing you've heard that Francisco God has forgiven you for your sins yes what did that mean to you it means um the my my ego, my being believing I was God, and me being in charge, and me doing my thing, uh, and so God, uh, Christ uh, forgave me for that. That what that mean to you? To me? Okay. Right. Yes, Nick. Um. Yeah, I really want to answer this one for some reason. Um, Doug's making fun of me. Uh, I think it means. That, God, that, that you've already been forgiven. I have this suspicion, and I've said this a couple times, but I have a suspicion that I can be king of the world, like, right now. Like, because the world, like, money, the physical world is, like, nothing compared to, like, the hell that I'm facing inside. And I have a suspicion that, like, I'm already free, like, right now, and, like, life is, like, right there, like, at grasp, and, and this physical world is nothing. I could be king right now. And and not that, an ego thing, but it's that's just what like, it means that God words. has forgiven you for your sin. I think so. Yeah, oh, that okay. I'm free right uh, now, but I don't know it. All right, you don't know it because then I'd live it right fully. Okay. All right, you're jumping at the bit. Okay, <laughs> Hassan, what does that mean? God, has, you've heard that before. Yes, sir. What does that mean to you? That God sent the Son to lift the curse of Adam. Okay. 
Why are you looking crazy? No, I just... You're I looking know. uncertain. <laughs> and that by us forgiving and apologizing to one another, we are, uh, we are forgiving one another. And that's the... Uh, because God's never judged us. He's only judged us for uh, having the, the stone heart. Okay. Yeah. All right. So the young man right here, because of time, and then I'll get to you, okay? You believe that God has forgiven you for your sins? Yes. You believe it. So yes. why do you still feel guilty about your sins? Well, because we should feel guilty for betraying God. And... So you believe God has forgiven you about, for your sins, but yet you feel guilty about sin because you're betraying God? Well, you should feel guilty when you reject his love for you, when you push him away from you. And you believe that's why you feel guilty? Yes, and well, that's the reason why I should ask him to forgive me for rejecting his love for okay. me. Interesting. Does that make sense? Yeah, I get to it. It definitely does. Okay. And I'll tell you why in a minute. Okay. The young man, why do you feel guilty? If you believe that God has forgiven you for your sins, why do you still feel guilty for your sins? I don't feel guilty for my sins anymore. Oh, oh you're happy about them, huh? Oh, I ain't happy about them. <laughs> but um, I, don't, I don't feel guilty about How do you them feel about your sins? In the past? How or? do you feel about your sins? I mean... I've recognized that why I was sinning was believing lies. I don't believe it was actually me. It was accepting a false premise to sin, selling myself short. So I'm not exactly feeling guilty about something I'm not 100% associated with. Oh, so you don't feel guilty for you, about your sins anymore? I recognize that I shouldn't have done that. Do you feel guilty about your sins anymore? I, I don't feel emotional about it. No, I don't feel guilty Do about it. Do you feel guilty about your sins? No. You don't? Okay. No. And why not? Because it was me believing lies. Okay. It, it wasn't me. Okay. You know? Like if the devil didn't exist, I wouldn't have done it. But. Right on. Okay. Yes. I, I think I'd like to clarify that um, <laughs> when you do sin, you should feel guilty and ask for forgiveness. Once, the, uh, once you have ask for forgiveness, you have been forgiven. So I don't feel guilty for the sins that I have already um, asked forgiveness for. That's done. I have been forgiven of the sins that I uh, begged mercy for. If I were to commit a sin right now, I should ask for forgiveness. And, and you would feel guilty if you committed one right now? Yes, and then I should ask And then you got to ask for forgiveness again? Yes, and then once God forgives me, then, you know, that's and all And then you're okay until the next sin? Yeah. Okay, are you ever going to stop? I hope so. I pray that I will, yeah. Okay. Why do you feel guilty for your sins if you believe God has forgiven you? Right here, yeah. I don't know if guilty is the right word, but I feel like um, he forgives all of us. So after he forgives, then I I shouldn't have to feel guilty about it. And so why do you feel guilty? Mm, I don't think I do. Oh, you don't feel guilty for your sins? No, not really. I know I'm going to sin in the future, and I'm just, I feel like he's going to forgive me. And so when you sin, you just say, you know, this is cool. I'm going to sin in the future, whatever, God. No, no I'm not saying it's, it's, it's cool, but I mean, I, I think, well, because you can just sin just for thoughts, you know, looking at 
lusting for someone at the gym or whatever, you know? And um, I just feel like we're, that's just what we do. Oh, and then yeah. we just have to, you know, get, get forgiveness and, and live in a way where, we, where we're not constantly trying to do that. Okay. But we're human. I feel like it's, everyone's going to do it. All right. Why do you feel guilty for your sins? I don't feel, I don't feel guilty anymore. And, and why not? Uh, because I realize it was in, it's the judgment that's the guilt. Or the, yeah. And that's myself, not God. So. Okay. Yeah. Why do you feel guilty for yours? Uh, I think um, just recognizing that it's wrong and that's you just wrong. feel like you shouldn't have done it. Oh, okay. Amazing. Hassan, do you feel guilty for your sins? No, sir. And why not? Do I feel guilty? <laughs> um, no, because like many have said, that it wasn't me, it was the spirit that, um, well, actually, yes. Yes, I do, feel I do feel guilty for the sin. Why? Not the stuff that caused, not, that, not the stuff that I did because of the sin. I don't feel guilty for that. But I do feel guilty for the sin of having a hardened heart. You feel guilty for that? Yeah. But not for the sin? For the stuff that I did because of the hardened heart? Right. No. Oh, okay. Yes, Raymond. And I'm a little rushed because we're totally over time here. But is someone, everybody okay with this? Being a little later? Yes. Okay. I'll make it short. Do you feel I, guilty for your sins? I do. Because and, and why? I, because I should know better. If God forgive me, if Jesus forgive me of my sins, I should know, be, be a little bit wiser. I should know better. Okay. You believe God forgave you, but you just don't know better. If I, if He give, give me, I would be, I would be much, much wiser and better person. Okay, you had your hand for that. Yeah, right next to you, Raymond. I was just going to clarify that I don't actually feel guilty for my sins, but I just recognize the wrongdoing and try not to do it. And try not to do it. Yeah. And do you end up doing it again? Yeah. You do, and then you, you try not again. Yep. And why keep trying? Why don't you just give up and do it? Because I still think it's wrong. You still think it's wrong? Mm. And is it in your power not to do it? Uh, say it again? Is it in your power not to do it again? Mm, I don't think so. So why you keep trying not to do it? Because I think that, I think that's, it feels like that's what you're supposed to do. I just feel like you're supposed to. Yeah, like kind of in Romans where it says, like, um, you know God gives grace, but knowing that grace abounds, should you still just freely sin? And okay. it's like, no, you shouldn't. But okay. I was you just recognize that grace abounds. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, the young man behind you, and then, and then James, you have some online stuff, right? No. Oh. This. Oh, okay. Yes. Do you feel guilty for your sins? Uh, yeah, I guess I do because, you know, I've, I've done some bad stuff. And, uh, it, do you believe that God has forgiven you for your sins? Yes, because God doesn't hold grudges. Only people do. And so why do you feel guilty? Because, uh, 
I hate to say this because I'm only human. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm, I'm, I have faults, you know? It's like, you know, it's like if I had all the answers, I wouldn't be seeking. Okay. All right. Thank you. Um, because of time. Yes, James. Uh, I grew up with this intellectual Christianity where we, we say that we've been forgiven, but we feel guilty when we do wrong. But we also, like feel like we're still going to go or are taught we're still going to go to heaven anyway we can't be perfect and i feel like i sometimes don't feel the guilt or am aware of am not aware of feeling the guilt because i don't do the dwell living in the uncertainty thing that you recommended that we do like i distract myself with other things right it's so easy to distract yourself from that and, and it's because you want to feel certain. You don't want to feel uncertain. So it's easier to do that with any little thing. Frankie, do you, do you feel guilty about your sins? No. Why not? I, I stopped beating myself up. I'm not God. And so you don't feel guilty about them? No. Okay. How about you, Doug? <sighs> I don't know. It's a, it's it's, a good again, question. This is just fellowship, and this is what we're supposed to do. Correct one another, edify. I think when... I think there was a time I felt guilty about my sins. When do you I, still feel guilty because of time? No. And why not? Because in the Bible it says, of myself I can do nothing. Oh, Lord. In the Bible. In the Word. This is church. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you had hair, right? Do you still feel guilty about your sins? I don't feel guilty about my sins. Why not? Um, well, the first question was if I believe that God forgave us for our sins. Do you believe God has forgiven you for your sins? Um, yes, but I'm going to amend. I think God sent Christ to forgive the world for their sins. And to keep it real short, I think it gave us... A path that's very well, you clear. you say us, who are you responding to? The world. No, let's just keep it on you. All right, well, we can talk about me. But yeah. the, you, you know, do you he, believe that God has forgiven you for your sins? I believe, and I'm going to say it really simply, um, yes. And, and so I why think, do you still feel guilty for your sins? I didn't. I never said I felt guilty. You don't feel guilty for your sin? No, I, I, I don't. And I think it's because it's about the forgiveness uh, of sin from the sacrifice of Christ is... I think, personally, I think it's, it shows you that you need to forgive yourself. And it gives you that path on how to do it. And I'll just I'll, I'll do mild Bible thumping. It's that we all fall short of the grace or the glory of God, but also that we will go on to do greater works than Christ. And Christ went through everything that a human could suffer through, and he went through it. And so do you, you say you don't feel guilty, or you, no. do, you don't feel guilty I, I, about sinning? I don't sinning. feel guilty for my sin because I've found that I can forgive myself for the things that I've done in the material, physical world. It's not me. So you forgive yourself for sinning when you sin now? You forgive yourself? I think the first time that I decided to take a step and, like, let the light in again is, like, understanding that I can't keep, like, beating myself up in life. So give me a quick yes or no. When you sin now, you forgive yourself? Are you saying that? I think that's the start of my journey, yes. Okay. All right. Let me tell you all this. And the reason that a question came up like that, because I do talk to a lot of folks, I counsel with them and I talk to them, and I noticed that all people are beating themselves up about sinning, except for those who have just accepted sin 
and they're just all in with it. No big deal. There are people like that who have accepted evil. But uh, if you have truly seen that you, your heart is wicked, it's kind of what Hassan was saying. If you see that your heart is wicked and you have gone and forgiven, especially with the parents, because acceptance to the rule, but 99% of the time it starts with the parents. And when you can see that you're wrong for being angry, anger is hatred. Hatred is playing God. And when you play God, you judge yourself and others, right? And so when you see that you're wrong for hating your parents, and you go and forgive, and when you forgive them, God will forgive you, and he will change your heart from evil to love, which is his nature. And when he changed your heart from evil to love, no more sinning. It's impossible to sin. Sin is of the heart. Salvation is of the heart. It's not of the vices. It's not of the things that you've given into when you have when you return away from God. It's none of those things at all. It's of the heart. Salvation is of the heart. Now, all the things you got into when you fell into anger and your heart was turned away from God, then Satan came in and he made you do the things you didn't want to do in life. All the garbage you picked up and now you're feeling guilty about because you think that's the sin. That's not the sin. Sin is of the heart. And if you open your eyes and read the Bible, you will see that it's about the heart. Salvation is of the heart. Anyone that has anger in his heart is a murderer. Anyone that has anger in his heart is of his father, the devil. It's the heart. And once the heart changed, then he would change everything. He would take away everything that the devil made you do that you wouldn't ordinarily do because you didn't have the power not to do it. The devil made you get into whatever you've been into because you were turned away from God. So stop feeling guilty about the things you've been doing or, or still doing and let go and God will take care of it. He's not judging your vices. He's judging the heart. Salvation is of the heart. If you don't have love, Satan is your daddy. And so he has been given the heart. When you forgive, that's why he said, before you enter into the kingdom, you must forgive. Go and forgive. Forgive your mothers for turning away from your fathers and, and making you feel sorry for her like she's a victim. Your mama is not a victim. She's of the devil. That's why she turned you away from your father because she needed something to make herself feel good. And forgive your fathers for not protecting you from the mothers because they had not overcome their mothers. They didn't know how to deal with your mother. They couldn't help it. Salvation is of the heart. So when you come back to the light of God, he's going to destroy the, uh, the uh, mindset of the devil that makes you think and feel and act out. He'll take care of that. He is not holding that against you because he knows that it's not you, but the devil that made a home in you. And it's the devil that's making you feel guilty about it. You have no control over it. Of ourselves, we can do nothing. That's why we need the Spirit of God. We need to return to the Father so the Spirit of God will destroy the abnormal nature that made a home in us, which is of the devil. But every time you judge yourself for those things, you're playing God and God can't help you. 
He can't help you because you're saying you can do it yourself. And you think that's the sin, but that's not the sin. That's the thing you picked up. That's the devil's nature. That made a home in your imagination and in your feelings. Because you can't have the feelings unless you have the thought first. When you're walking out the road, guys, and you see a pretty woman or the kind of woman you like, the first thing you think, oh, she's pretty. And then the feeling comes. And the feeling doesn't come like, I'd like to know her mind. The feeling comes, I'd like to get her in bed. <laughs> you're not thinking, oh, that's a pretty woman. I wonder what her intellect is like. <laughs> Same thing with the women. Even though women are not as into sex as men are, they'll do it they're just to draw the man in because they're sex dealers, right? But I want you to know so you can stop suffering unnecessarily. Go and forgive, and God will forgive you, and then he will take over, and he will destroy the darkness. It has nothing to do with you. And by you judging yourself, oh, and it's not even you judging yourself, it's Satan accusing you. The devil is the accuser. It's not God. The devil tells you, oh, I thought you were a Christian. You just laid down with that prostitute. I thought you were a Christian. You just looked at that porn movie or whatever you do, right? And then you say, oh, yeah, right. Now you're going along with it. And it has nothing to do with God. God has forgiven your sins. It's of the heart, not of the, of the flesh. You take that away. And then you can keep the commandments to love one another, to walk upright, to be right. Then you'll be able to keep the commandment, and the commandments are just so you can have a, a free life. You don't be burdened down with all that stuff. But you can't do it yourself. So stop judging yourself. God is not judging you. It's Satan accusing you. He's the great accuser. And he'll tell you that in your mind, and, he, and you believe it, and you'll feel accused. And then Satan will tell you, that's God accusing you. It's not God. God has already, it's done. He has already forgiven us. And the only thing you have to do is to forgive others so that you can enter into the kingdom. And forgive yourself. Because once you forgive others, you're going to stop judging yourself as well. Because now you can see that of yourself you can do nothing. Anyone disagree with that? How about you? You disagree with that? Yeah. So go and forgive your mama and your daddy so you, God can forgive you. And he'll take the spirit of anger away from you. It's of the devil. And then you will grow in his love and he'll destroy all the little vices and things you picked up. And one last thing, stop calling yourself the vices. You're not those things. Because you're covering up for the devil when you say, I'm a drug addict, I'm an alcoholic, I'm lonely, I'm this and I'm that. You're covering up evil. Call evil for what it is. It's Satan making you feel that way. It's not you. Don't let the people put titles on you anymore. They're keeping you from being free. You're putting your little titles instead of seeing the devil for what he is. You want to see and title covered up seeing. And it's not you. It's the devil that made a home in you. That's what Paul was talking about. So he needed the light of God. Real fast, last word. I was going to say, where does baptism, where does baptism come into play? In before the New Testament, before Christ did what he did, it was in the water. It was just... You baptize in the water, it's a, uh, uh, it's a, it says that you've been cleansed on the inside, right? But now you're baptized of the Spirit. And, and, and if you get baptized in the water, it just 
evidence of what has happened on the inside of you. Everything is spiritual now. So if you never got baptized in the water, you're baptized in the spirit, you're fine. It's other, the kingdom of heaven is in us, and we are all free when we forgive. God will forgive you for judging, playing God, and the rest is easy. But you got to stop listening to the devil, and the devil makes you judge yourself. And that's why you, you go from one thing to another, or you never overcome. And that's how you, you will keep the commandment, because his spirit will cause you to do it. You can't do it of yourself. And so it's the devil that causes you to do those things. But if you take credit for it, you're going to think that is you. All right? What do you think about that? In a disagreement with that? Which part? Any part of that. You disagree with any part of that? Um, no, I don't think so. Not off the top of my head. So I want you all to pay attention to your thoughts. All thoughts are from the devil. They're not yours. And he'll make you feel a certain way. And he'll even make you take credit for it and judge yourself. And then you think, oh, I ain't perfect. If you have forgiven and God forgave you, you are perfect because you are a spirit. And God's spirit is perfect. You're not a physical. You're not this physical being that Satan made a home into and make you do. You are a spirit created in the image of God. And when you forgive, you come back to that image rather than the image of the devil. Amazing, huh? God doesn't want you suffering. You don't need to be suffering anymore. It's done. The devil has been defeated. But he's deceiving you in your imagination. It's not you. All right? Amazing, huh? Amazing. So the brand new biblical question is, what is, you know what it is, Nick? Oh, what you do to others, you do to yourself. What does that mean? What you do to others, you do to yourself. What does that mean? What do you mean? Oh, oh, okay. But tell me, since you had your hand, what does that mean? Uh, can you repeat it one more time? What you do to others, you do to yourself. Um, I believe that if you don't love yourself, then uh, you can't love other people. And I also think of uh, judgment. No different than if you were to cast judgment on somebody else. It's just reflecting all the turmoil that you have in your own you know, self. Like you're projecting. Oh, okay. But that's what comes to mind. Let me, clo- I need to close out the tape, right? Let me just close out. Listen, we and then I'll come back to that. And, and, and Raymond, uh, we're out of time. We're way out of time now. I hope it was worth it. I hope that this helped you a little bit. You got to stop believing thoughts. All thoughts are all lies all the time. God is not judging you. The devil is judging you. He's, he makes you do it. And then he judges you. He keeps you in hell. All right. So go and forgive so you could be separated from the not you, the imagination, and you'll be free. And stay with it, stay with it. Uh, we are have we we're doing live shows this week, and next Friday is our last live radio show, and we'll shut down until the second of January. We will be having meetings here on Sundays. All right. Thank you for your support, your tithing, offering. Become your own man. Become your own woman. God is with you. Thank you all, and thank you all for coming. I totally appreciate it. Amazing. (laughs) Black people.